0: Don't stop firing! I think I'm
1: being followed. My dad is turning green, like, literally green.
0: My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is Control, be radio, Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, Sits and sieves, You're monitoring the guard frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. I'm Tony. I'm Lennon. I'm Jeff. As this is our inaugural episode, we want to take a minute
1: to introduce the show and ourselves, and to tell you what you can expect from the guard frequency. So, might as well start with myself. I'm Lennon Rich, and by day I'm a mobile phone app developer. By night, I'm a, well, I'm a very tired mobile phone app developer. I'll be representing the British or European wing of the guard frequency. I'm Jeff
2: McComb, and I'm an IT system specialist, meaning I take care of servers, I engineer networks. By night, I'm a space sim enthusiast. I've played a lot for the last 20 years, uh, various different space sims, and that's why I'm here is to give my insight into guard frequency and the RSI product.
0: I'm Tony Hunter. By day, I'm I'm an attorney. Don't hold that against me. And uh, I'm also host of the Priority One podcast, and I uh, thought I'd come over here and check out the Star Citizen game. I've been playing space sims for a long, long time. been playing space massively multiplayer games for about three years, Star Trek Online, and thought this would be a great time to start a new podcast about the next big thing, the best damn space sim ever. All of you
2: aviation enthusiasts listening know what the guard is. So those folks know where we're going here. The guard is a specific frequency that all aircraft and control towers should
0: be monitoring constantly. If someone out there is lost or having an engine failure or a panic attack or some other in-flight emergency, they might send a mayday on that channel. Other pilots or towers in the area will answer back on that channel with instructions or directions to get you back to smooth and level. Or if you're already crashing and burning, they'll know where to send the search party.
1: And that's what we want this show to be. Well, not the crashing and burning bit, obviously, but someplace where you can just tune in and know that you're going to get help from the community, or maybe you'll be there to help out a fellow citizen or civilian. Keeping that in mind, we're going to start out this podcast with a
2: shameless ripoff of another podcast we do, Priority One. If any of you want to get a feel for our style, check out a few of our episodes over there at www.priorityonepodcast.com. Some of you might be joining us because
0: you listened to our coverage of Star Trek Online. Hi, all you guys. Of course, Star Citizen is a very different game. Naturally, the show will probably evolve in its own direction over time, but if you guys know us from Priority One, you know we deliver a quality show like Clockwork, and we want to do the same for Guard Frequency.
1: However, in order to deliver a quality show It takes the constant effort of a team of people to do what we do And if you want to help out, we'll tell you how to do so at the end of the show But enough about us, let's see what we've got in store for you What have we got this week, Jeff? First up, we'll listen to what's coming through the Squawk Box Then we'll get you up
2: to date on the latest news from around the UEE Finally, we'll tell all of you folks how to get in the loop and join our conversation
0: Let's see what's coming through from the Squawk Box Hey you
2: boy, need a carrier around here?
1: Uh, everything's under control. It's reflection normal. Standby for broadcast. Standby for broadcast. This is Lennon Rich saying Welcome to the school box, everyone. This is our segment where we'll bring you rumours, wishes, technology, oddities, and pretty much anything else that we deem somehow remotely connected to Star Citizen and Squadron 42. This will be stuff that doesn't really belong on a dedicated channel to helping pilots navigate the risky virtual sky, but it's stuff that we think is cool and we're pretty sure you might agree. So whether it's a new show, a new game, or this week, I think a story about a new fighter jet would be appropriate. Cessna's Scorpion ISR strike aircraft took off from McConnell Air Force Base in Wichita, Kansas for its maiden flight last week. That's ISR standing for Intelligence, Survey, and Reconnaissance. This lightweight subsonic fighter went from concept drawing to first flight in, wait for it, 24 months. Yeah, 24 months. Rapid. Rapid. In a world where a lot of these missions are going to UAVs, the Scorpion seems like a bit of a throwback but at an operating cost of approximately $3,000 per flight hour compared to $7,000 for an F-16 and an estimated 21 dollars to $31,000 per hour for an F-35, the Scorpion suddenly looks like quite a bargain. It's almost as cheap as one of those big drones, the MQ-9 Reaper. Chris Roberts has often said that, realistically, space combat is going to be fought by drones in the future. Well, maybe in a thousand years or so. But at least in the short term, aircraft companies are still building cockpits into their designs. So Tony, Kansas is kind of your neck of the woods more than mine. What do you make of this? Yeah,
0: well, Kansas has a long history of aircraft design. Wichita, I'll have you know, is the air capital of the world. You might not have known that. I
2: live 80 miles north of the aircraft capital, of course, you know, Boeing. Guys, guys, where I live,
0: Bristol, UK,
1: we invented Concorde. I'm literally about a mile away from the airport where it first took off.
0: B- uh, Boeing, Boeing was you know their headquarters was here in Wichita for decades before it moved to Seattle. So I think Wichita is probably the uh, air capital. So,
2: but Boeing was started by a Seattle in Seattle by a Seattle we here- resident. So no, no actually um, we're the air capital. We actually, have Cessna, we, air- we have
0: Beechcraft, we had Boeing, but now it's Spirit AeroSystems. <laughs> uh, so I think Wichita again, and, and and we're making new planes here, like just you know from scratch, dude. Twenty four months, twenty four months. Somebody doodled on the back of a napkin. Two years later, it's flying. Wichita. Wichita's air capital.
2: I must say that it is impressive, though. I mean, when you think about what it takes to design an aircraft, get it into a test configuration, and then get it up in the air, and then get it ready for production, it's a fun, that, that it's is kind of a
0: fun-looking little airplane, too. You can see a guy knocking this thing together in his backyard. It's a smaller thing. the The cockpit looks like too big for its size. It's like a Charlie Brown airplane with like a, the head's too big. But it's still kind of it's still cool. It's a twin-engine jet, uh, twin tail fins. It's got straight wings like an A10 so it's just built to carry stuff you know it looks like it's gonna it, it's gonna haul some things. So it's kind of a cool little fighter and I, it's neat to, to see that people still design and fly those things.
1: yeah and especially when you take into account especially in these credit crunchy times that it's gonna cost approximately a tenth per yeah. hour. Of the F thirty five, that's just incredible. I can't, yeah, you know, thirty one thousand dollars an hour estimated. Just I can't imagine if if the U S didn't go to war for one day, we could have star citizen tomorrow, man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. F 35s ain't cheap, but th- this little guy isn't going to give you stealth, and it's not going to go Mach two, and it's uh, you know not going to do crazy vertical tail dances and uh, snake. Well, you say it can't do stealth? It's easy. Paint it black. Fly at night. There, there, there you go. Well, have you read, seen, or heard of something that you think might be interested to other citizens or civilians? Send us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com.
2: Okay, so let's check out some CIG news. Speed Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen,
0: call the ball. Don't get technical with me. And we've come to the guts of the show, Cloud Imperium Games News, CIG News. Tune into this segment for news and discussion about official data coming from the Imperium itself. We'll try to keep it totally serious. We're going to fail spectacularly, but we get style points for trying, right? This week saw the crowdfund tally at just over $34.5 million. The registered user count hits 330,000, and there are fewer than 26,000 alpha slots left. Expect this number to drop much lower once the dogfighting module goes live sometime in January. And this week also saw the release of
1: Hangar Update 9. And whilst most of the changes were behind-the-scenes changes, it did come with a few front-of-house goodies. Firstly, you can now save your weapon loadouts from the console in your hangar, which should be persistent between logins, so citizens and civilians, get out there, test that, make sure it works. It's a pre-alpha, after all. And secondly, there's a trophy case. Yay! It can display all your hard-earned golden tickets. You lucky, lucky...
0: Thank you, thank you. I love my golden (laughs) tickets. Yeah, shut it, you and Elliot. Shut it. Yeah, really. (laughs) It's
1: two of us and
0: two of you. Never mind. Right. Uh
1: (laughs) Getting back to the news, another hanger patch is scheduled before the year's end. However, that does inevitably mean one thing. Yes, unfortunately, the dogfighting alpha has been pushed back to early New Year. In an interview over at 10 Ton Hammer, Chris Roberts lets us know that a lot of times in development, the schedule has to change to accommodate feedback, and in doing things with this crowdfunded method, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. On one hand, you get immediate feedback, which you can bring in, but on the other hand, you get a lot of players seeing the development cycle for the first time, and when you have to alter the publication schedule, it can be a little bit unnerving for them. So the decision was made to push back the dogfighting alpha after the team received a lot of feedback changes regarding the ui and they wish to get these and changes incorporated before releasing the dogfighting module which means that yes we won't be able to down an enemy aircraft whilst downing an eggnog or a mince pie uh so uh, however, i will not be downing any mince pies will you not well, no mince pies choice. no no no. no. <laughs> they're, they're disgusting um, i don't like them either you <laughs> uh, can uh, use yes. them for target practice Exactly, exactly. That would be a good idea, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we won't be downing Enemy Aircraft whilst downing Eggnog and mince Spies this Christmas. However, come the new year, we can expect more news on the release of this highly anticipated module. Links to all the stories will be in the show notes. But... In addition to that, we want to throw this open to you guys. What do you guys want to see in the dogfighting module? What are your burning wishes, your desires? And also, Hangar Update 10, what would you like to see? Let us know by commenting below the show notes for this episode on guardfrequency.com, or on our forum post, or on our Facebook page.
2: In further updates to the next great starship competition, we get to meet Mark Skelton, CIG's art director, and more importantly, one of the judges. The next great starship competition will award the winner with not only an eternal place in the best damn space sim ever, but CIG will be awarding the winners with a $30,000 prize. And if you're 17 or over, you can enter. Your team can be up to three people, and you can enter from any country in the world. That's right, it isn't a U.S.-only thing. But you'll have to be quick, as there's only three weeks remaining. Voting will then begin early 2014, so stay tuned.
0: Well, no doubt you've all heard about the exciting details about organizations in the game. The new system just launched, but in case you missed it, a post titled All About Organizations, they take us through how these player-run groups will function in Star Citizen. So, with so much on the list of things to do, why organizations? Well, the post says, quote, One of the first lessons we learned during Star Citizen's campaign is that players like to form their own groups. Whether you want to game with friends or work with like-minded strangers to impact the universe... You want to come together. We knew going into the project that Star Citizen would need a robust guild-slash-squadron system, but we had no idea we would need it before the game launched. As soon as the RSI forums went online last year, players were already building their own squadrons, pirate clans, merchant companies, and more. So with that in mind, the team went to work and made a system based around one of five archetypes. Corporation, private military company, faith, syndicate, and organization. Corporations are your standard for-profit companies, very similar to how a lot of those EVE online corporations work. PMCs are corporations with a taste for blood, uh, 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 responsible combat operations. Faith organizations are for people that want to come together and unite under a single banner in a more idealistic manner. Syndicates, more of a common interest group than a true organization, mainly comprised of those who live on the fringes of what might be considered law-abiding activity. Can there truly be honor amongst thieves? And that's honor spelled with an O-U-R for our British fans. (laughs) We shall see. Finally, organizations are for those who don't want their organization to have an archetype. They want it to be an organization. We're the organization without any cool acronym or standard. Thank you very much. Yeah, an archetype for those who don't want an archetype. The blog then goes on to detail everything from player ranks to ship upgrades, as well as what's coming next. If you haven't had a chance to read this yet, we would highly recommend it. The article can be found over at Robert Space Industries website, but links, of course, will be in the show notes.
2: Makes me wonder if faith-based organizations get that halo effect. You know, kind of, Ooh, oh. I, want, I want mine to glow.
0: <laughs> I want, you know what? I've always wanted to start a cult. <laughs> wow, now's your chance, Tony. Now, now is, is chance. my chance. Yeah, now is can, your I chance. I can do this. I can do this. Can I put an ST appellation, like a mister? You know, there's mister, doctor, uh, major, saint. colonel, <laughs> saint. I want, yes, saint. <laughs> yeah, saint. That's what I oh, want. Okay. That's what I want.
1: But for, for a saint, don't you have to be
0: martyred? Ooh, well, I can, I can pretty much guarantee they'll be doing that like a dozen times because uh, I have not played a space sim in a long time. I will be martyred repeatedly uh, early on, I guarantee. I martyred,
1: but I have lifetime insurance. So yes. it's all good. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. The Goliath mouse pads are now back, and these things are freaking huge. Uh, if you've not seen them, they measure at about 36 and a quarter by 12 inches, and they they just fill the desk. They're incredible. It's like a keyboard pad. It's more like a keyboard pad than a mouse pad. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, they're back. So, in case you missed them the first time, you can now have your opportunity to get one. They are available in Drake and Misk flavors, featuring the Caterpillar and Cutlass chips for the Drake, and the Freelancer and Starfarer for the Misk. These mouse pads or keyboard pads are sure to sell out quickly, so get them whilst the stocks are still there. With the release of these mouse pads, that completes the lineup for each of the manufacturers on the mouse pads. However, CIG have said they're not stopping there. As soon as Consolidated Outland Corp gets up and running, we will no doubt see another set produced featuring their flagships. These mouse pads are available now for $35 each,
0: shipping available worldwide. Check it out over at Robertspaceindustries.com. If anybody caught the Wingman's Hangar episode last week, I uh, caught a couple of interesting tidbits in the 10 for the Chairman segment that caught my eye or my ear or both because it's a video podcast. A forum feedback question brought forth a tidbit earlier in the show from Rob Irving, the lead designer. Apparently, there's a weapon called the Distortion Cannon, which targets the pipes. Apparently, it won't do damage to the actual components of the ship, but it will reduce your ability to transfer energy and data among your different components. So, all of a sudden, uh, you're not getting power to your thrusters, or to your targeting computer, or to your laser cannons. Sounds like this is going to be a pirate gun to me. Go to sleep, my pretty. I don't want to hurt all the shiny little parts that are inside when I take it over and sell it for scrap. Also, on the uh, 10 for the Chairman segment, we found out some details about the hangar module when it finally gets released. Everyone may be getting the Hornet to start with in the dogfighting module. You know, mostly this is a model thing. They haven't had time to get all the damage maps and all that put into the game. But uh I think it's appropriate. Star Citizen, if you're going to do the multiplayer game, you're going to get the Squadron 42 single-player campaign to start with. You're going to be flying the Hornet anyway. I think this is a good place for us to start. What do you guys think?
2: I think this is an excellent idea. I think for a newcomer to this, especially going to RSI at the start, it can be a bit confusing on what you're getting. And I think this is very appropriate to bring those on-the-fence kind of players into the game. So I think it's awesome.
0: I think it's a good idea just from a beta testing standpoint. I mean, start everybody with the same ship. That way you know if it's a problem with the model or if it's a problem with the system.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can figure out a lot of the underlying code issues. If everybody's on a level playing field, then you'll know whether it's, it's server-side or client-side. You can break it down a lot better. Um, unfortunately, I have to uh, hold my hands up in shame here. I haven't <gasps> listened to the latest episode of Wingman's Hangar. <gasps> I know, I know, I know. Some some relative of mine decided to be born 22 years ago, and apparently that means I've got to, like, do things. So I haven't listened to it yet. But um, when they say everybody may be getting the Hornet, is that a permanent addition? Or is this just for the dogfighting module?
0: Just for the dogfighting. I think the idea is that once they drop the module, once it goes live, they want everyone to get in and and use it so they can test the back end, test the weapons, all kind of stuff. And some of the models for some of the ships just aren't done. And so if you pledge for, say, like a freelancer and you don't have a freelancer ship because the model isn't flight ready yet, they're going to want you to still get in and fly. So, hey, have a Hornet. Of course. And blow stuff up.
1: And anybody who's then flying a Hornet who hasn't purchased a Hornet might want to purchase a Hornet once they see how it acts. Are you suggesting that they might be using this as a sales opportunity? Well, funny well, you should ask that, Tony, because if you just wait, there's more. Is there's there more? more? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Another fun tidbit that came out of that 10 for the chairman piece was a uh, second screen and or tablet support is a long-term goal. So if you have another screen, you'll be able to put stuff on that eventually. Your radar display, your weapons loadout, maybe a rearview mirror in case you get boarded and want to see the guy sneaking up behind you. I think that would be handy. Oh yeah, uh, definitely.
1: This here, this is something that being a long-time star online player myself and EVE online as well Star Trek Online, I feel, had such a missed opportunity there on the tablet market. They could have released an app that, I mean, the show is filled with pads and computer displays. You could have put something on it. Exactly. All touchscreen, all designed to be used, and they just completely missed out on it. EVE Online is still suffering. There's a lot of fan-made things that you can get, Mm. but none of them really interact very well. It's just basically scraping information from your profile to be able to help you plan better. So to see a game that actually has proper built-in tablet support from the get-go. It, they say it's a long-term goal, but, you know, considering how much they've been funded,
0: I really, yeah. I, I have well, hope that this is yeah. going to be in there from the get-go. I want it to yeah. be in there from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. You know, the fun thing about this development model is that a, a long-term goal means, well, hopefully we get it in by release. Yeah, I mean, because exactly. you know, release is supposedly, you know, 2015 or whatever. So it's like, you know, we'll be trying to develop it. Hopefully it's out by the time the game is done. You know, but maybe it won't be out by the time this game is done, but we'll still be working on it. You know, like, oh, okay. Well that means you're trying. Well,
2: I have to agree with Lennon on the Star Trek. I think there's a huge opportunity they could have done. There's Lacars, there's so many Lacars sites out there. I've got a couple now that that turn my desktop and my tablet into a Lacars interface that they really could is that, blow. Is that the British
1: away. pronunciation? Lacars. I was wondering that. El cars, it's the French, that's the
0: French That's the French pronunciation. Le cars. Oui. Bonjour. Le computer avec le cars. <laughs> le computer has le
1: on it. <laughs> okay, okay. <L-cars>. <laughs> <laughs> El yeah, so,
0: yeah, Unfortunately, totally missed opportunity.
2: Unfortunately, that's what you see with a lot of uh, great ideas, that they there's just not driven.
1: Yeah. Whereas what you could do is set up stretch goals, and we need another million dollars to <laughs> set up <of> a Yes. <laughs> <Sure>. yes <laughs> we've <laughs> just uh-huh. made that. Now we've got to deliver. Yeah, but I have no doubt that uh, with their track record so far, and the fact that they're saying that it's a long-term sport goal now, it's really, really good indication that this is where they want to take it. And I truly reckon that they'll be able to deliver on that.
2: Well, what I really hope for, I hope they have a modding community and a a modding language where there's some community-driven content that doesn't really affect the gameplay but enhances your experience with it.
0: Yeah, they they said time and time again they want to try to get the tools that the developers use, or at least a version of them, into the hands of the community, and and you know, and then take submissions. You know, if somebody has a cool ship that they model, and you can play it, you know, you get the single player game on your hard drive, uh, Squadron Forty Two. I'm sure there'll be a way to import that into the engine and and fly it around and show it off and put YouTube videos up and. You know, submit that to the team. They want to get that stuff from the community into the Persistent Universe, and I'm sure that pipeline will be designed as part of the release process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the cool things about Star Citizen is they've said time and time again there is going to be a private server component to it, and they will support modding. So if you want to, you know, set up an entirely separate infrastructure where you can just create your own things, put them on there, try them out, and then submit them to CIG if you really want to try and get them into the main game, you can, but it just gives so much freedom to do and so many people have said you know why why would you waste money on a game or what they would term waste money on a game that isn't even remotely in alpha yet so you know apart from taking them through the whole it's like a pledge from myself because i believe in the developers at the end of the day if it gets right towards the end and all they do is release the private server components there's a whole modding community out there i mean look at moddable Ready games out. such as uh, minecraft probably being the most moddable game out there yeah. that you can really mention but even if you want to take it more of a sci-fi angle you've got Sims of a Solar Empire which is hugely heavily modded massive yes. community there I, I have no doubt that something from Cloud Imperium Games people just wouldn't pass up that opportunity to get their hands on a private MMO server and to create their own MMO experience even if it does rely on community mods
2: I think space sims have a great modding history I'm playing some X Rebirth right now. I'm running some of the mods that are posted. So, and the whole series has a history of being modded. I mean, you can go back to Beyond the Frontier, which was the first X, and you can still find developers developing for that game or modders. I'm sorry.
0: I'm going to go you one better. X-wing versus Tie Fighter. I cracked into that thing and turned my X-wing oh, into the Enterprise. Man. Actually, the B-wing. I turned the B-wing into the Enterprise. Really? The torpedoes. Yeah, because the torpedo wow. launchers were kind of down below in the neck, just like where it is on the Enterprise. Oh and I, yes. Know, like, like eight across on phaser banks, you know, kind of like or six across. No, eight across. Four up, four down. Like because on the you know the Enterprise A, it had the phaser turrets would line up if you were shooting straight forward. You would get four facing forward on the top, four facing forward on the bottom. So yeah, space sim mods, yeah, there's a a community out there, there's some motivation,
1: there's some history It's almost though people that are into science fiction tend to understand technology Weird Yeah, I don't know how that works Well, with the CIG news out of the way, let's get into the feedback loop Okay, buddy,
2: what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! In order for this channel to be any good, information has to flow both ways. What do you want us to cover? Did we do a good job in covering what we talked about? What do you think about what is happening with the game?
0: We actually did have one piece of feedback from Oblivious. He says, sounds interesting. Just started playing Star Trek Online and listening to your podcast. That's part of a podcast. Give it a shot. It's really great. Will you be mainly playing in U.S. time zones, or will you have some EU players as well? Lennon, you want to take this one? Um no. Okay. <laughs> no. Just kidding. Yes. Yes. Uh,
1: yes. We will be having EU players. I, uh, if, if the accent hasn't given it away already, I am actually British. So uh, don't tell anyone. Yeah. And so yeah, we will be having some EU players. It'll be fantastic. You should join us. Equally, if you are a Star Trek Online player and you play in the EU time zones, there are at least three of us on there. So uh, at least three. Feel free to come and join us. Possibly. Four. Yep. You can check that out at priorityonepodcast.com, dot com. But they are the enemy. So we don't discuss no, them no, here.
0: The Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was all the feedback we have. I think that's okay with me just having the one feedback, not even having a show yet. So I think I'm okay with just having one person write in. Uh, But, you know, do we deserve a cookie? Do you want us to do a show in Transylvanian accents? You know, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertsspaceindustries.com. You can leave a
1: comment on this episode's show notes at www.guardfrequency.com.
2: And you can hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak. That is G-U-A-R-D-F-R-E-Q. Leave a comment and like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash
0: And if you're old school like us, you can shoot us an email, squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do. So take a minute. Tell us what's on your mind. Well, that'll do it for Episode 1 of Guard Frequency. We'll have a new episode for you next week, available for download Tuesday, December 24th. It's our Christmas present to you, dear friends. Please send us your feedback about the show. You can visit our website at
1: www.guardfrequency.com, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash guardfreak, that's G-U-A-R-D-F-R-E-Q, or Twitter at guardfreak, again, G-U-A-R-D-F-R-E-Q. You can also send us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or you can get in touch with us by popping the contact form at the top of our website or our show's forum thread over at robertspaceindustries.com and if you can't remember that and I can't remember it and it was written down in front of me all of our details will be in the show notes so check them out at guardfrequency.com and get in touch. Maybe you
2: like this show so much that you want to help make the next one and the one after that and the one after that and the next one after that one. If so, send a note to squawk at
0: guardfrequency.com. We want to thank the entire team over at Guard Frequency and Priority One Productions. Special thanks to Ronald Jenkies, the composer of the music we use for the show, and we want to especially thank you folks for tuning in. If there's no one listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Turn to 330 Caram 15. Squawk 7700. Stay Stand on the guard. guard.
2: You're 17 and over. You can enter. Your team will be can be up to three people, and you can enter from any country in the world. That's right. This isn't only. uh, That's right. It isn't only U. Boy. That's right. It isn't U.S. only thing. But you could be. uh, (laughs) Hang on,
0: hang on, hang on. on. (laughs) See, this is why the blooper reel gets so full. It's harder than it looks. It's harder than it looks, isn't it? Oh yes.
2: Maybe you like the show so much that you want to help make the next one. Oh, that sounded... I could even hear myself. (laughs) Maybe. You could do it. See,
0: you're turning into (laughs) shot. At the end of the show, you're already like, no, no, Jeff, I need much better from me. Jeff, Jeff, listen to me. (laughs) Listen to me, Jeff. Me, Jeff, me. Listen to me. Again,
1: G-U-A-R-D-F-R-E-Q. You can also go... You can also send us an email to squawk at (laughs) guardfrequency.com. Maybe you like the show so much. Oh, (laughs) it's harder than it looks. Keep telling me about that.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. Composure here.
0: Uh, (laughs) Deep, deep, (laughs) deep cleansing breaths.